welcome back to the City Rev Life podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm joined here with the one and only Pastor Justin, and we are continuing our series, Jesus and LGBTQ+. And this is part six, and while it does stand alone a little bit more than the others, we would encourage you, if you haven't listened to the first five five parts, to do so. We are really building upon each one in this conversation, and we don't want anything to be misconstrued, but we will recap a little bit what we've been talking about. And we also want to say there's a lot of conversation around LGBTQ plus right now. There's a lot of conversation in the church and outside the church, culturally, societally, about this topic. And while those are all addressing the culture, we've taken an approach, a stance to talk more to the individual, yeah. to talk personally, to talk to the person who might have a family member who is in the LGBTQ plus family, who may be struggling with that themselves, or maybe are just wanting to know how to address this conversation, how to speak with love in this conversation. And so we've really tried to take a personal approach with this conversation. But to begin our time, Justin, I know mm-hmm. you've been journeying through this with Pastor Roby. You yeah. guys have done a phenomenal job. I've been following along. Why don't you give a bit of a recap for those who yes. might be just joining in, or maybe they listened to them in yeah. prior weeks and need a bit of a refresher. Yeah, if you've been joining us throughout this series, we've been repeating a few things over and over again, and what you said a moment ago is one of those things we're repeating. Mm. Um, the larger societal conversation is important, and it's a conversation yeah, that needs to be had. We need to be thinking through these big picture ideas and all that. However, there is another conversation that is also extremely important, which is we can't lose sight of individual people. Mm-hmm. And so we're approaching the conversation on an individual level. And to do that, the way we started is talk, we just set it up about uh, in part one about this idea of love. We're called in 1 Corinthians 13 in everything we do to do it in love. Mm-hmm. And right there in 1 Corinthians 13, where we started, we left off with one of the verses there that says, love rejoices in the truth. Mm. And right there is a challenge because how do you define truth? Mm-hmm. What What is true? Is truth, truth something you look on the inside and seek to live out your own personal truth? Or is truth something objective that stands outside of you yeah. uh, that you must submit to? And we talked about reasons why it's logical to come to the conclusion that there is objective truth outside of me. And then we looked at what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about truth? Um, this particular topic, and is what the Bible says freeing, or is it restrictive? And so we started talking through that, and where we landed is the Bible's vision for how we live every area of our lives and our sexuality is for us to live lives uh, full of abundance and freedom and purpose in accordance with God's good design for our lives. Uh, In other words, Hmm. God's commands, His ways are not this a uh, set of handcuffs that are seeking to restrict us and rob us from having a fun life, right. um, but are actually there to give us true freedom. That's where we actually find the true freedom we're looking for. And that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah and then last episode, we talked about identity. And uh, mm. the reason that this conversation is sensitive is for many people, this has been wrapped into who they're sexually attracted to, has been wrapped into their very sense of self, their identity. Yeah. And so what we're going to do in this episode is really speak to uh, a Christian, someone who loves Jesus, someone who believes in the Bible. Maybe you grew up in the church and you are uh, reading the Bible or even just someone who uh, would call themselves a Christian. 
and you're attracted to the same sex. You're someone who would identify as gay. So yeah. that's the person we're going to address in this conversation. That's that's so good. I mean, I think that speaks to the difficulty of this conversation, right? Because you have to address love. What is love? Mm-hmm. You know, our love, ha- our culture has a definition for the word love, and the Bible has a definition for the word love. Or what we like to say is love is love. We right. Just, yes. Which just, means that love. it doesn't mean anything. Yes. Yeah. And then we have to address uh, identity. Where right. do we find our identity? Is right. it internal? Is it external? I mean, that's a huge conversation in mm-hmm. itself, let alone in when you apply it to the LGBTQ conversation. And yeah. then what does the Bible say? How do we ad- how do we address that biblically, mm-hmm. especially when both sides of the conversation, they're actually trying to use the Bible right. to explain their stance. Yeah. So that's another huge conversation. Right. And so... For me, I've, I've actually appreciated listening through and watching you and Pastor Roby systematically go through this and address all those angles. But I think that's great that we're pausing there and really speaking to the individual person. Yeah. That person who may have grown up in the church, just like you said, maybe someone who is active in their church, has a, yeah. goes to a small group, serves, anybody who may be yeah. struggling with uh, same-sex attraction or wondering if that is part of, if that's their community, if that's right. where they belong, sure. if that's their identity, if that's who they are. Yeah. And so in how the, would you kick that conversation off? Well, in the last um, episode, we referenced 1 Corinthians 6, which describes a whole list of different characteristics of the people who were living in Corinth, mm. who are receiving this letter, Christians. And Paul describes a, a, a whole series of different lifestyles that stand in opposition to the gospel. Mm. And among them, he describes men who practice homosexuality within that list. And we talked about that in that episode. And what's said there at the very end of that passage that we reference, he says, but you were washed, you were cleaned, Mm -hmm. uh, and such were some of you. In other words, there were people in Ephesus, or excuse me, in Corinth, who were practicing homosexuality, who were um, in accordance with all that list of different uh, items that Paul lists there. And they've been changed and transformed. And so even to the person, you know, our prayer at our church is that we would constantly be seeing people who maybe would never consider themselves like even open to church. Hmm. Uh, We want to be the kind of church where anybody and everybody can come hear the gospel of Jesus Hmm. and experience new life in him. And so we should expect then that there are going to be people who are coming to our church, people who are curious about Jesus, mm-hmm. who are either in a gay relationship right now, people who are attracted to a person of the same sex. And so what happens mm. after you make that decision to trust Jesus? Yeah. What does that look like? And for me, it comes back to the gospel. It comes mm. back to the gospel. Yeah. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 is where my mind goes. Do you have that memorized, Josh? You were a Bible quiz Oh, kid. man, don't put me on the spot. I'm putting you For on the spot. For by grace you have been saved through yes. faith is not of yourselves, but a, the free gift of righteousness? Very close, okay. Oh, I think Very I got that close. word wrong. Uh, so, yeah, Ephesians 2, 8, you got the gist of it. By grace we are saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And I want to break That's that good. phrase down. By grace, you have been saved through faith. So Mm. this is saying the way that you, if you are a Christian, the way you became a Christian is you received a gift of God's grace. In other words, 
Jesus accomplished your salvation for you, and you received that as a gift of his grace. Mm. It's not a result of work, so you can't boast. You can't brag about it as though you earned it. It is a gift. And what was that gift? It was his death and his resurrection. Mm. It was paying for your sin and my sin on the cross, Mm -hmm. shedding his own blood, offering his life in your place, and offering you new life. So it's by grace, but it's through faith. Mm. Through faith. So through trusting in Jesus as Lord, trusting every area of my life, I am trusting you, Jesus, no matter what. And then verse 10, Ephesians 2.10, after we've received this gift, we're told God has good works prepared for us, Mm. uh, that we are created in Christ Jesus for good works so that we should walk in them. And Mm. so this picture of the gospel is all of us, the way that we're rescued is by a sheer gift, an unimaginably generous gift of God that we don't deserve and we didn't earn. And that's the truth for every Christian, regardless Mm -hmm. of what kind of sin God has rescued you from. Every one of us are recipients of grace, and the way we receive it is through faith, through trusting in Him as Lord. So what you're encouraging that person who might be wrestling with those thoughts or those desires or that lust you're encouraging them to stop for a moment and think about the lens in which they view the world, mm-hmm. the lens in which they view their own identity, and the lens in which they, they view their own life, Yep. And, and to consider the gospel and let that be the lens in which you're addressing this, yes. ins, this issue in your life. Yeah, that's right. And the New Testament describes how all of humanity apart from Christ— Right, The condition we're in that needs this salvation by grace is the condition that we are ruled by the desires of our flesh. Mm-hmm. Earlier in Ephesians 2, he says um, that we were slaves to our flesh, uh, that we are basically following whatever our human appetites and desires want or wish. We're chained to them and just follow their every whim. And so what Jesus offers us in his invitation to trust in him is an offer of life free of the tyranny of our lustful desires and passion. And so what I would just say to the person who is attracted to a person of the same sex or a person of the opposite sex is that every area of your life, if you are a Christian, every area of your life, what you are signed up for in following Jesus is that all of those areas are being brought under the Lordship Mm. of Jesus. All of them. Um, Every area of your life is being brought under His leadership over your life. That's what it means to trust Him by faith. It's saying, Jesus, I trust you with my life. I think a lot of this goes back to worldview. Mm. I think that's great. You're encouraging them to go back to their view of Mm. the world and and their view of salvation and to bring them back to the gospel. Right. Um, And then you're also challenging the worldview that truth is found within yeah because mm. the bible is telling us don't trust yourself yeah you we're all sinful beings we all have a sinful nature yep so hold up for a second don't trust what your heart is telling you don't trust yeah. your desires your passions look at your your life look at your desires and your passions through the lens of the gospel yeah and bring it under the lordship of christ that's right and the way we're using that word passions there it's not like passion like i'm passionate about football or right or, or the marlins we're talking right. about those those fleshly to use the language of the new testament those human 
impulses towards uh, destruction, towards things that make feel good in the moment, but in the end don't lead to our flourishing or the good of others. That's mm-hmm. what we're getting at by these these lustful passions that wage war in us. And and just to name the big three um, that the Bible speaks to in a number of ways, every area of our life is being brought under the Lordship of Christ, including our view of money, how we relate to money. Mm-hmm. That's being brought under the Lordship of Christ to the person who becomes a Christian, and they are ruled by a desire, an unquenchable desire for more stuff, mm-hmm. for more money, for the security it brings. Well, that's going to be brought under the Lordship of Christ if you're a Christian. Second, your view of power, of how do you get power, of how do you use your power? Uh, what are you supposed to do with the influence and responsibility that you're entrusted with? Uh, is your goal and purpose is to get others to just serve you or are you called to serve them? That's being brought under the Lordship of Christ. Mm-hmm. And third, uh, for sure, our view of sex, our approach, our, our lives, uh, it's being brought under the Lordship of Christ. The way that we are apart from Christ is being ruled by those sinful passions. And so here's what I would say to the person who says, I'm a Christian meaning I trust Jesus with my life. I believe the Bible is God's word. But at the same time, I, I, I'm attracted to a person of the same sex. I, I can't help it. I didn't decide to do it. That's just how I am. And if that's where you're at, here's what I would just say to you. Um, I wish we could have this conversation in person yeah. um, and, and sit down rather than it just be a video. But what I would say to you is God made you and he loves you. Mm. He made you and he loves you. And his design for sex is not flawed and it's not harmful. It is for your good. His design is good, but all of us, our hearts, because of sin, all of us, our hearts are, are warped and are in need of redemption and healing. And that's what God wants to do in our lives over our uh, lifetime of following him. And so his design for sexual expression in scripture, we spoke about it in the last episode. It's one man one woman for a lifetime in the security and commitment of marriage. Mm -hmm. That is God's good design for sexuality, for sexual expression. And his view of sex, his design for sex is better than the world. Uh, Whatever the world is offering you, what your flesh might be craving, his design for sex is better. Hmm. And uh, what I would just say is, we were just talking about this a moment ago, in our culture, we have this inconsistent and confused way of approaching sex that doesn't even line up. Uh, we're talking in, in different ways in our world. And the Bible's vision for our sexuality is is far grander, is, is far uh, more sacred in, yeah. in many ways. Why don't you speak to that for a moment? Because I think our culture wrapped up in this is an either an unhealthy or unbiblical view of what sex actually is. Yeah. And so what is sex? Like, yeah. What's the purpose of it? Where's the benefit of it? Who And yeah. how did God intend for it to be enjoyed? Yeah. So to start with where our culture sees it, there's this real glaring inconsistency that a number of people have pointed out before. So right now in, in our world today, we've got hookup culture, which is, yeah. uh, you know, have sex with whoever you want. Um, as long as there's consent, if you like them, they like you by all means. You know, if it's if it's a one night stand or mm-hmm. it's just someone you just started dating or if you're considering dating them, you, you know, go for it. It's like your other appetites. You know, you're hungry, so you eat. Uh, you get tired, so you take a nap. You're attracted to this person physically. They're attracted to you, so you have sex with them. And this is what 
you're supposed to do, our culture says. It's just sex. Mm. At the same time, also our culture, sex is uber significant. Your sexual preferences and who you're attracted to sexually is the most important thing about you and mm -hmm. is what fundamentally forms and shapes your identity. <laughs> it's at the same time, it's yeah. the, the type of person that you're physically attracted to, it's so significant and it's so fundamental to your identity that you are culturally assigned a community based on who you're physically attracted to. So think about these two things happening at once. Which is it? Mm -hmm. Is sex really not a big deal? Whenever you want it, whoever you want it with, as long as there's consent, go for it. Or sex is a huge deal. It's incredibly significant and it defines the very core of your identity. It, it, there's an inconsistency. It can't be both. Yeah. And ultimately what Jesus invites us into, if you're a follower of his, and to all of humanity, he invites us to believe and trust that the creator's plan and purpose for sexual intimacy, for sexual expression is better than our human man-made takes on how to live our lives. And so that's what, that's, that's what good. ultimately is the biblical vision is to trust one man, one woman for a lifetime in the security and commitment of marriage. Um, and so that's what I would say. That's really good. And so maybe we can close Justin with, um, why don't you address that person who's wrestling with this and they're just wondering, okay, I'm hearing you. I'm even agreeing with you, but I'm still struggling. Yeah. What's a good next step for them to sure. take? What could, mm. what, what's next for them in this, this battle yeah. that they're facing? Yeah. Well, I think there's two, two ways that this, um, that there are currently Christians living this out. Uh, faithfully to the Lord. And this is what I would encourage you biblically is what Jesus would have you to consider. There's two ways. If you are a follower of Jesus and you're right now, you'd say, if I'm honest, I'm attracted to people who are the same sex. Two ways that you can faithfully honor Jesus. Number one, you can faithfully honor him through a life of celibacy. What do I mean by celibacy? E even that word has this tone in our culture of being like this negative, less than, like something's wrong with you. Mm. Um, here's the thing. This idea of celibacy means it is possible to live a fulfilled and joyful, meaningful life as a single person yeah. who is a follower of Jesus. It is possible. In fact, the New Testament describes that as a gift. Yes. Uh, and our culture, and if I'm honest, even in the church, we've made an idol of romance and marriage yes, that absolutely. is unbiblical and that's led people to believe in the church that if I'm not married, something is wrong with me. And yeah. I just want to say to you that that is not the vision of the New Testament. Uh, there were significant, I mean, Jesus himself, obviously being uh, celibate himself, living his life, the most fulfilled life. He was mm -hmm. the Savior. He is our Lord. Um, but you see the example in Paul, for example, mm -hmm. uh, in the way that Paul, one of the most influential Christians, perhaps the most influential Christian mm -hmm. in the history of humanity, who lived a fulfilled life uh, and was celibate, who lived his life uh, in a way that he did not have uh, sex, did not, he was not married in that way. And there are followers of Jesus today I don't want you to think about this as like some ancient thing. Mm. Like there are Christians today that realize Absolutely. that this is 
whether they're attracted to the same sex or opposite sex, this is Jesus's assignment to them, and they receive it as a gift. And like all things, it comes with challenges, um, but ultimately it is a gift, and it's something that... So there are some Christians yeah. who who choose to say, hey, I'm going to just follow and trust Jesus's ways better, and I'm going to live my life um, in within... Uh, Jesus's vision by being celibate in that way. That is such a fantastic point. For If you're that person, I would encourage you to check out 1 Corinthians 7. That's where Paul breaks down singleness. Yeah. Um, and he, you're right. He says it's a gift. In fact, if you read it and you really dive into what he's saying, it almost sounds like he's saying singleness is better than marriage. Well, there's a time where he literally says it, that. He, <laughs> in, he says, but then, you know, you have other passages where he's speaking to the beauty of marriage. Yes. And, and so he's, both he's are gifts. arguing, yeah, they're both equal. They're both gifts. And then he makes the argument that you can do more ministry when you're single. Yeah. You can be arguably more fruitful for the kingdom when yeah. you're single and if you stay single. Yes. I mean, that was his story, Paul's yeah. story. Right. And so First Corinthians 7 would, would highly encourage you to check right. it out if that's your story. And that leads us right to the second, which is marriage. So mm. it, it is possible. And I know of people who um, are have same-sex same attraction and maybe f- since f- for as long as they can remember, they have that, and that's their experience, and that's been a part of their story. And in their life, they've met someone of the opposite sex that they love, that they care for, and that they commit themselves to, and that they are in a wonderful, beautiful marriage. Hmm. And like all marriages, they have challenges. Like it's not as if it's this fairy tale and they live happily ever after and everything's perfect. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it is possible to have a wonderful, thriving, life-giving marriage um, that's fruitful and that leaves a legacy and, and builds a family. And that yeah. is possible. And I think of one particular story, uh, a woman named Jackie Hill Perry. Uh, she wrote a book called Gay Girl, Good God. And that was her story. She uh, grew up as a young woman, uh, was living a lesbian lifestyle and met Jesus, got saved. Her life was transformed. And years later, she met a man that she loves and was married to and now they started a family together and uh, just mm. a beautiful example of what God can do. And then I think we should end on Matthew 16. And this is really a message for every Christian, every follower of Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says. Matthew 16, verses 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And just remember what it is that Jesus called you to and what it is you signed up for when you became a Christian. Mm. It's clear here in Matthew 16, Jesus says, if you want to be his disciple, you have to deny yourself. That means I trust Jesus, his word and his ways more than my feelings, my intuitions, my desires, my hopes, and my dreams. I trust Jesus and his word and his ways above my own. Mm. And so by me denying myself, I believe in faith that if even if it feels like I'm losing my life, uh, even if taking up my cross means I'm losing my life, I believe I will ultimately find it in him in the way that he has called me to live. And just the promise here is that Jesus is better. He's better than whatever the world has to offer us. Yeah. And so for the person who's here, and maybe you're even in a relationship right now with a person of the same sex, be it a lesbian relationship, a gay relationship, 
and you are a follower of Jesus, I would call you to, based on what we talked about throughout this whole series, as we've looked at what the Bible teaches about this, about his purpose for sex, and on Jesus's call in Matthew 16 to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him, I would just plead with you, as hard as it is, as, as difficult as it might be to imagine, to walk away from that relationship and trust in God's good design mm. for your life, for your sexuality, trust in his way and his purpose, and to use that as an opportunity, that person, to let them know Jesus matters to you even more than them. Mm -hmm. Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, and you follow him. Well, that's really good, Justin. Thank you. Um, I love how that, that scripture wraps us all into the same boat. Yep. We're all wrestling with sin. We're all mm -hmm. fighting uh, our flesh yes. and seeking to follow Jesus and to trust in his plan for our lives. Well, this, is, this has been another episode of the City Rev Life podcast. Be sure to join us next week. We're going to be talking about the person who might identify as a Christian, but may be struggling with the, the gender that they have been born with, um, feeling as though they don't belong in their own body. We want to take a moment and mm -hmm. address that and have that conversation as well. And so we will see you guys next week on the City Rev Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe or leave a rate and review. If you want more content or additional resources, head to cityrev.org or download our app. We hope you have a great day.